Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? Mike Iconelli, welcome to Ike Live, another episode of this amazing web show, podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, let me start by saying, I think this is webisode number 3069. <laughs> I don't know, we're a lot of shows in, and you hear me say this a lot, but I'm serious tonight. I promise you, I'm, I'm dead honest when I tell you, the show we have for you tonight is stellar, it's spectacular, it's amazing. The dichotomy of guests we have tonight, uh, kind of uh, polar opposites, really a, a great thing, and I'm super excited, you know. Two of my heroes on the show tonight, let me start with one of them, Mr. Jerry McKinnis, uh, owner of BASS, and famous, world famous angler, uh, you know, a hero of mine from when I was a kid, and you know him from the fishing hole, uh, is going to be joining us tonight. Man, this is big for me. Super excited. We're going to have Jerry via Skype. We're going to be talking to him about his new book. It's a really great book. It's a great read. Uh, it's called Bass Fishing, Brown Dogs, and Curveballs. Super book. So we're going to have him on. And then a little later, and he's in studio tonight, another one of my heroes, Mr. Mark Jeffries from Bass Zone, Bass Talk Live, is here in the studio. It's great because when one of your heroes is on the studio and you disagree with them, you can actually get to a fist fight with the guy, <laughs> which is cool. You can't do that virtually uh, via yeah. Skype. Uh, but it's going to be a great show, going to be a super show. Uh, let's start, as we always do, and I want to send a big, huge thank you to all the military, uh, active and veterans, men and women. Thank you guys for what you do. Crazy freaking world. Thank you for protecting our freedoms. Also, shout out to the police department, the fire department, the EMT. You guys rock. As Dave Brodzik would say, you guys are rad. Uh, let me start and announce the room. And uh, sitting to my right, I don't think I could do this show as effectively if it wasn't for this very handsome man with old school facial hair. Pete Klusik, everybody. Thank you. Pete. Thank you. Pete. The facial, the, the mustache is well received. So. It's amazing. <laughs> what, now, now I got to know, what would you call that mustache? What would you call the the shape or or the form of that mustache? I uh, the 70s man. 70s Fu Manchu Se- handlebars. What would you call it? A uh, uh, Ron Jeremy. A uh, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are, what Pete? Well received. Where? <laughs> like, like at the rest stops at the, on the well yeah. New Jersey Turnpike? People or? keep yeah. telling me rest to keep stops. it, man. That's People keep telling me. The women of the 70s are paying attention to me. <laughs> the women of the 70s. The so women of the so, 70s. So 60-year-olds think you're hot, and yeah. guys at the Pickle Park like the mustache. <laughs> 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 I think guys like it because they can't grow one like it. Yeah. Now, it's, yeah. it's impressive. Okay. It is. It is. And, and yeah. it is. Uh, we are here in the start of No Shave November. That's right. So so we like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, in honor of your mustache, not necessarily you, but in honor of your mustache tonight, Pete, and Brian, can I, I, don't, I don't know if I can get a close-up on this or not, tonight's beer of choice is we're going back to the 70s, <laughs> and we're going with Pabst Blue Ribbon tonight. Nice. So uh, let me open this. This is the first uh, pour of the night. This is to your mustache, Pete. Well, mustache really appreciates it. Mm. The, uh, mm. I, I do want to mention something r- r- real quick. Uh, the the, uh, <laughs> with respect to uh, to EMS, <laughs> to the EMS folks, you know what? I, I, had, I did something really cool. Uh, my family did that was uh, amazing. Many of you know that my father 
uh, suffered a heart attack, and uh, the the EMS group for Mount Laurel came to his rescue and at light. Amazing speed. scenario. Yeah. Uh, and you know we've been trying to do this for a while, but we were finally able to do it as we uh, we took a trip down and visited uh, the EMS uh, leader that uh, that actually handled the whole emergency uh, for Pop, and uh, it was it was amazing. What it's wow know, to to have Dad who was lifeless. When this man yeah. got to him, yeah, and have him walk through that EMS door and greet each other, um, had to be emotional. Well, he, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, emotional, but I was, I was amazed at how emotional the the team leader was, and I won't mention his name because I don't know if he would yeah. want me to. Yeah, sure. But uh, he hugged, he hugged my dad straight as soon as he saw him. He recognized him and wow, and uh, wow, and and gave him a big bear hug and. Uh, you know, mom baked them some homemade uh, sugar cookies and chocolate chip cookies for the EMS house, and nice. and I and you know uh, a donation was made to the to the EMS Mount Laurel, and I'd like to invite anybody that uh, is so inclined to uh, to donate to this great group, and you can uh, look them up at Mount Laurel, uh, just Google search them, uh, Mount Laurel, New Jersey EMS. And um, it, it was just a, it was an awesome awesome experience. Thanks again, guys, for for all you do. It's a great story, great story. Uh, let's continue with the room. And on the casting couch tonight, uh, one of our amazing guests, and you heard me talk about him earlier, uh, we've got Mr. Mark Jeffries. Mark, how are you tonight? Hi, you're calling me a hero? Yeah, you're a my hero. hero. What, can, I, can, I, can I tell you why? Because, and, and I, we're going to talk about this later as the show goes on, but since we're talking about it, you have pointed us as a group, this show, Ike Live, and this crazy cast of knuckleheads in this direction. It was really your brainchild from the beginning. I don't know how many of our viewers actually know that. So that brings you to hero status in my book. You're all, it's all your fault, Mark. Yeah, it's all your fault. Everybody we have this miserable show. Then. It's all on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's hero status. That's, that may be a total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, nevertheless, we're excited to have you here. And, yeah. and again, we're going to talk about this later. But real quick, Bri, Mike. correct me if I'm wrong. We have a new look all around. Indeed we do. Uh, from yeah. from the amazing intro. Yes. And I just want to play that like ten times. I know. <laughs> We're going to have more <laughs> intros tonight. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, from the amazing intro to shit working for a change. I think. Pretty cool, think, right? Yeah. Everything I think is working. Did we get any IMs yet about it not working? It looks like it's working. We seem to be working. Okay, shit's working. Wow. And... And I have to sprinkle a little bit of Rebecca into this, and we'll get to her. And we have an actual studio redo, a yeah. fresh studio, new Looks paint, good, man. It's all good. New junk, a new coffee table. Yeah, it's great. It's yep. great. Yep, yep, hey, yep. well, we're, we're we're stoked to have you here, Mark. It's gonna be a fun I, night. I'm yes. glad to be here. Man. Okay. Very excited about our guest. Awesome. Me too. Me too. And then uh, sitting to Mark's left is our resident a-hole. And we love him. Yes, we do. <laughs> Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Worf, in the Woo! house tonight. I know. Good. I know. Oh, man. Well, here, here's <laughs> this is what I love. So we've got uh, we, we got the hair, and I love the hair. It's it's, it's Randy Hal-esque. It's not Randy Hal. It's Randy Hal-esque. It's but then <laughs> the shirt, which goes into the low fro of the one, the only. Uh, Red Fox. Red Fox. I was going to say Fred Surfer. Yeah, Red <laughs> <laughs> What's the G stand? Yeah. yeah. Now, we were talking earlier, uh, and, and help us out, everybody watching, if you can. We were debating whether Fred's, in the show, whether Fred's middle initial was G. 
And we're thinking it was, but if anybody knows that for a fact, please IM us. Let us know, because that's important, right? And what was Lamont's buddy's name? Was it Grady? Was it Julio? Grady. It was Grady. Yeah, Julio, you oh. big dummy. It was a Raul. You Raul. Big dummy. It was I think it was Raul, Raul or Julio. Julio. Was it Julio? Julio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lamont, Grady, yeah. Elizabeth. You fish out fool. Yeah. You fish out fool. <laughs> yeah. Julio had the goats. Yeah. What a great show. And you know what's funny? What a great show. Officer Washington. You. Washington was the cop with the afro. Yeah. And then he had like his incompetent sidekick, the white guy. I forget. <laughs> the I don't know. Was it Drummond from... Uh, Hoppy. It was Hoppy. Uh, was Everything it? was flipped in that Washington show. was from uh, the, uh, the Welcome Back Cotter. I thought the cop... Uh, whatever. All right. Sorry. Let me stop you guys for a second. And let me remind you, our demographic, please. Because 80% of our audience right now is saying, what the F are these guys talking about? They have no about? idea. Have yeah, no but, idea. but this guy, Dave, says Julio and Rolo. No. Rollo. 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 Yeah. Wow. Rollo. Yes, Rallo. I remember that. All right. Schmitty and Hoppy were the cops. <laughs> That's right. Hoppy. I said Hoppy. Yeah, Very good job, good. dude. Mm. Hey, but these guys, can, these guys that have never seen can go see it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, in the magic of digital today, I'm sure you could YouTube it. Carbon TV. Nah, you're, you're right, Carbon though, dude. TV. Before I left the house, before I left the house, uh, my oldest one, Jacqueline, was over with her boyfriend, and I unrolled the shirt all proud, like, yeah, look what I found. He's like, like, who's that? Like, who's that black guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, who's that? I'm like, you know who Red Fox is, man? Like, I'm like, you're right. You know, you probably weren't even born it's when crazy, he died. Isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. We're, we're dating ourselves. Yeah. Man. I know we should do that. Uh, let me continue with the intro and in the booth. Uh, uh, second to Mark, the most important man in the room, uh, controls the show, uh, <laughs> makes sure things go smoothly and correctly. Every night, our very own Brian the Carpenter, a.k.a. Ding Dong in the house. Woohoo! Doing an excellent job. Yes, I, thank you. Uh, you know what's interesting, though? Because right now I'm looking at the – we have this new TV, by the way, and – under you, it says Pete Glusick. And under Becky, says Mike Iaconelli. <laughs> well, Mark didn't leave us say, oh, we have to make a, a title that just ah! says Ike Live. And we ah. don't have it. Oh, we don't have that yet. No. Okay. Because this, I like this look. I was going to say, Pete really lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> got His better weight looking. loss programs have been working here. And he's way better looking now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, you kind of look like Julia Roberts or Michael Jordan. Thank you. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and and next to Pete Glusick, uh, to Brian's left, we've got the beautiful, the wonderful, the lady that makes I Am Magic every night <laughs> in your ear. Mike Iaconelli. Rebecca Iaconelli. <laughs> How are you, Rebecca? I'm good, thank you. You look you look beautiful tonight. Thank you. What are you wearing? Who are you um, wearing? Who's the designer? Ella Moss. Thank you very much. Ella Moss. Is that any relation to Kate Moss, the mom? Ella Moss, and I'd like to to give a shout-out to Nordstrom, and I know y'all are going to laugh at me for this, but they have announced that they <laughs> will not open on Thanksgiving like a lot of other stores. Wow. And I appreciate people who are deciding not to open on Thanksgiving so family can be family wow. on holidays. I agree with that. I know there's, wow. another, uh, there's a handful shout of other stores doing Nordstrom's. Shout-out to Nordstrom's. Right. Now, I, this, is, this might be a bad time to announce this, but I know you've all heard the rumors about it. I'm pretty sure, everybody's pretty sure, about 99% sure that Bass Pro Shops is going to buy Nordstrom's. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure Bass Pro Shops is going to buy Nordstrom's. I believe that's true. I think that's true. Uh, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. All right. Uh, let me remind you, uh, great sponsors that uh, create this show. Uh, you see a lot of stuff here, a lot of magic happening. It's not just human people. It's human people with amazing products that bring you the show. And a special shout-out to Xmark 
And as you know, Xmark makes the world's best lawnmowers. Oh my God, if you want your grass cut so beautifully <laughs> that you could roll around on it naked with no clothes on and just it feels soft and comfortable. If you want it done quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Then you gotta get an Xmark. Listen to me. We have one. We have one. Back back me up on this. It cuts and we we have a lot of property out here. We've got ten acres. It cuts the lawn quick, and we roll around on it naked all the time, and it feels what? great. What did we talk about? It was a lot oh. of sharing right there. <laughs> okay. That's right. I had a note here not to talk about that. Uh, sh- shout out to Xmark. Uh, n- and a- another shout out to a great sponsor of Ike Live. Y- you know, I know you've seen this product before. You've heard a lot of us have our experiences and talk about it. Uh, Liquid Mayhem. And depending on how you say it, it's Mayhem or Mayhem. But Liquid Mayhem is a scent. Thank you guys for supporting the show. But here's what I want to do right now. We have a real-life experience. We've had some before. I want to turn it over to Brian DeCarpenter. Tell us a little bit about it, because you told me off-air about a fishing trip you had recently. I did. I, uh, Tell I, me about I this. I fished down the campground last weekend. I only got out about a couple hours. Uh, it's typical when you don't go you know, down and haven't been somewhere for three months. Nothing works. Battery's dead. Troll motor's broke. Golf cart's got a flat tire. So uh, I, I, it was it was a stuff's broken. That's Everything very typical. Was broken. That's yeah. very typical. But, uh, Did you beat it with a paddle? No, but I persevered okay. and I got on the water for about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's um, good. But fishing out that little green boat, that little ten footer, you know, you know what that's like, dude. That, that yeah. little ten foot, that thing's horrible. Yeah. But um. CC. Yeah. I was yeah. flipping a jig and and um, first pitch and and I got a bite. Of course, I'm way out of position. Wind's blowing. I'm reaching for the trolling motor and I feel. Thump, you know, hits it. So I'm all rusty. I reel down and I reel down to him and boom, he, he you know, he pulls back. Yeah. And usually then it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he feels you like I, it's done. So, yeah. so I'm like, oh, dude, I totally booted that. I'm out of position, whatever. Reel down again and I feel him just sitting there, chomp, 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 chomp. You know, you can just yeah, feel chewing on, chewing on the yeah. jig, just chewing on the thing. And I'm like, he's not still there. And I really, it had to be like 10 seconds worth of nonsense. Wow. And he's still there, like, running around with it. And, you know. Yeah. But it's it's one of the moments where you know. It's a real-life experience. There's no other way you're catching that fish. Right. You know, that, that fish, I booted that. Yeah. What's interesting is, especially on a jig, and, you know, I, I, I'll go back, Dave, and, and we'll flash back to the Alloway days. And I remember a lot of those bites you're talking about. And if you didn't get them. Right then, within a couple seconds, yeah. it's done. That's, it's a three eighths. It's a half ounce. It's a five ounce ounce jig. That's a jig. You're bite. done. So that's yeah. that's interesting. He that's held interesting. It. He held it. That's it, great. It's it's cold water, cold weather fishing. Yeah. That's liquid mayhem season. You know, this is this is the time. Cold water is Tough. where it need, where you need it. The shad are grouped up. You need every edge you can get. Uh, I'm using it on all my trips down there on the Chesapeake. So. And, that, and check it out, guys. And they talk about putting it on hard baits too, moving baits, crank baits, rattle traps. Yeah. And uh, I started fooling around with that. I couldn't find a trap bite, but I will say that that stuff stays on your on your bait. Stays on really long. It does. It does. It does. It's crazy. It does long lasting. So I'm looking forward to uh, using it more and 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 fooling around with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, give me some more recaps about what's been going on. I know a lot of you follow us on social media. Uh, you follow me and you follow the Ike Live show on all the social media accounts. A lot of really cool stuff going on in the last few weeks. Uh, SEMA uh, just got done. And for you car fans, you, you motorheads out there, and we'll talk about motorhead a little later, Mark Jeffries. Uh, it's a big show. It's a big show, Pete. SEMA is the iCast of the auto industry. Mm-hmm. But let me let me put it in perspective on how big the show actually was. And this will give you an idea. So... Imagine iCast. Imagine walking into iCast, and that's a big show, and seeing about 
How many, Beck? Eight or ten ICAST all laid out in different buildings? Wow. I would put it more like 20, because once 20. you take into account the outside... Yeah. It's 20 plus. Uh, I can't. I didn't even see a lot of the outside. It's insane. Insane. Dude, amazing, amazing. So you've got uh, car manufacturers. And by the way, we were there for Toyota. Awesome experience. Toyota brought us in. They did a couple reveals of some uh, special SEMA builds. Really cool for Toyota to bring us there. But you've got automakers. You've got part manufacturers. You've got custom shops. You've got the entire industry... Anything involved in the auto business, light bulbs, screws, the big machines that, that are at a, a garage that, you know, look at your tire. I mean, all of it. They're all there displaying. But without a doubt, two things different at SEMA and two things that were amazing. The first thing is the cars. I, it's hard to put a number on it. And, and Mark, tell me if this sounds right. We started, when we first started walking around, we're looking at all these custom builds. And this is old cars, this is new cars, Lamborghinis, everything in between. We're like, how many? It's got to be in the millions. We're like, it's got to be 10, 20 million worth of cars. And the more we walked around and the more we saw, we're putting this number at a billion dollars worth of cars. Is that possible? Wow. Is that possible, Mark? Oh, yeah. You think it is? Yeah. It has Absolutely to be. Absolutely there. It's got to be, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was... Un- what, what stuck out? I mean, for you, what would you like the best? Anything hot? Uh, well, I got to tell you, Toy- <laughs> Toyota did. I want to tell you a little couple of bills that Toyota did. Toyota did a Back to the Future SR5 uh, Tacoma, which reminded me of my truck I had in high school. Yeah, because that's what he had. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah a yeah. very, very cool build. Uh, Toyota also did a Tundra, uh, really built up like a Tonka truck, totally lifted in black and yellow colors, really cool. But my favorite Toyota build was a minivan. Now listen to this. Picture this. It was like a Sienna. Am I, did I get the name right back? Like I a think Sienna, so, yeah. Uh, run-of-the-mill minivan. And this thing was lifted up about 12 inches, huge tires, body armor, all across the thing, night vision system on it, a monitor bigger than that in the back. I mean, yeah. crazy. If they, if they didn't tell you it was a minivan, you never would have guessed you that, would that was never the body they it was put a it on. Yeah. They put four-wheel drive on it? I'm pretty sure they probably did. Oh, yeah. Did. It was like yeah. a tank. They it had like it. A tank. Yeah, totally. How much? Souped up. Uh, I don't know how much. The value Over of Over 100 grand? Put, probably put 100 grand into wow. it. Did you, take Very a pic- did you take a picture of it? I did take a picture yeah, of it. I'll that. give it to Brian Carpenter. I like a lot of the old cars. You know what I mean? I'm an old car head. We were talking a little bit about it off camera. Uh, a lot of old builds, old Camaros, um, you know, old Dodges. I mean, just beautiful. Uh, the Lamborghinis, amazing. The Ferraris, amazing. Just crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Stuff you hey, see on plus, TV. Plus, you're in Vegas. And you're yeah, Vegas. Exactly. Have you ever been to Barrett Jackson? Have not, but they were displaying there. Yeah. Yeah. That's Barrett Jackson time. was displaying there. So the cars themselves were amazing. But the second thing that was amazing, and I want to make the differenti- the difference between uh, SEMA and ICAST, the women. <laughs> the women. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but i got to tell you, at ICAST, you walk around, and there are very few promotional women involved in the booths, right? Oh, beer bellies everywhere. Well, there's a lot of beer bellies, right. There's a lot of dudes. But it's in the fishing industry, you don't see it. At SEMA, yeah. every freaking manufacturer had some sort of promo model. You, you take in the, the pictures? <laughs> yeah, the pictures of that. I didn't take any the, pictures. The no. promo model budget was, my mind, was right. much, much larger for SEMA. It was, they're everywhere, right? I Beck? mean, I mean, yes. 
Everywhere. I mean, even uh, fr- from very conservative companies like Toyota had promo models, all the way to the rim and tire manufacturers who had promo models. You know what I mean? Uh, amazing. Amazing to see that difference. Did you find it distracting? It was a little distracting at times. I'm distracted distracting. right now. <laughs> yeah. What do you think there was more of, cars or silicone? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I'd have to put that one at uh, 50-50. Half cars, half silicone. Uh, really cool show. Uh, and, and keep your eye out. You're going to see some stuff we, we did at Sam, and you're going to see that in the next few weeks up on the social media sites. Uh, another reminder, if you look at what's on top of my head right here. Brian, can we get a, can we get a zoom in of my head? Is there any way to do that? Do we have a headshot? There it goes right there. Uh, for, for those of you that have been asking the last few months, it's finally available. The brand new Ike logo, the Ike Shark logo hat, available on the website right now, MikeIkenelli.com. It's like 20 bucks. It's a great hat. I love it. We're, uh, we're giving one out tonight, right? We're giving one out tonight. Yeah. We are giving a hat out tonight. Yes. Based off uh, social media Based promo. off social media. Yeah. We did uh, We did an amazing, uh, what, what was it, based on Twitter? It was Twitter, yeah. It was a Twitter, uh, what, what would you call it, promotion. Yeah, retweeting. And we asked you to retweet. And tonight, um, we've got everybody's information in a in a old pretzel jar in the back. And we're going to pull one out at random. And we're going to have our very own Brian the Carpenter. No, nah, I'm reach, working. A reach of, Dave Brodzik. Dave Brodzik's going to reach in that pretzel, pretzel jar yep. and pull our winner out, Dave, for a hat. It's going to be awesome. When are we doing that now? No, nah, we're going to do that later. Let's not worry about that right now. Uh, one, one more reminder, too. I want to remind you that um, the Xmark Take Back Your Weekend Sweepstakes... It's way over. It's done. But the winner of that sweepstakes, and, and Becky, can I get a name on it? It's Jim. Our winner was Jim. Do we know Jim's last name? I, I'm probably going to slaughter it, but it's Buccia. Buccia? Buccia. Okay. Jim Buccia Buccia. Uh, we're going to be fishing with Jim <laughs> tomorrow at, uh, on the Delaware River. And this is very interesting. Pete, I'm going to hit you up with some info a little later. Uh, I'll tell you what I know. Okay. Looking forward to fishing with the winner of the... Uh, Take back your weekend sweepstakes from Mexmark. When, when's uh, that dude flying in? Dude's flying in today. I actually tried calling him today at like two o'clock, and he was on the plane. Right. So he's he's in. Hopefully he's watching the show tonight. If you are, Jim, looking forward to it. We'll have a good time. Get your shaky head hands ready tomorrow. I have a feeling that'll be the deal. Uh, l- let me remind you too that an important part of the show is your feedback, and we want to hear from you. And uh, Ike Live thrives. On feedback from the viewers. And lots of ways to get in touch with us here on the show. Of course, right there in front of your face, next to the screen, is our instant messaging board, our IM board. Please hit us up on IM. We want to hear from you. Questions, comments, concerns on what we're doing. Also, hit us up on our social media. Uh, it's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Ike Live Show. And then finally, later in the show, probably 9.30, 10 o'clock or so, we're going to put a toll-free number up there for you, and you could call us. You could crank call us. You could breathe heavy. Whatever you want to do, uh, give us a call. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, where you at? What, you, what would you like to do at this point in time? Oh, we should go to uh, our guest of honor for this evening. Okay. Dave I- Brodzik. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? Well, I've been, I had an outstanding time on the show so far. Okay. But, uh, unfortunately, I have other commitments i got to go tend to. Oh, okay. We'll see you. Thanks for having me. Have a good time. Uh, no, I think uh, what we're going to try to do here, it's a great time to transfer to our first first guest of the night. Uh, we've got him via Skype. Very exciting. I believe he's at the JM Studios uh, joining us. Uh, and as soon as Brian gets him up here, we're going to get him live. Uh, Pete. 
you've read the book. We've all read the book. Let me preface this by telling everybody that we were fortunate enough to receive copies of this in advance. So we've had copies. Pete, you've had a copy for a few weeks. Uh, our very own Brian the Carpenter has had a copy for a few weeks. And we got a copy where it's SEMA. So it was great. We, you know, During my breaks, I got to read it. And on, on the plane back, I got to finish the book. So w- what are your initial thoughts? Well, well for, first of all, Jerry McInnes has a brand new book out. Yeah. It's yeah. called Bass Fishing, Brown Dogs, and Curveballs. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a uh, biography, an autobiography. And it, you know, Jerry's just a, a he's a he's lived a fascinating life. Uh, as you pour through the pages of the book, you you read things about how he was at the the cutting edge of television, how he was a professional baseball player. Yeah. At at uh, early in his life, F- fishing trips with Bobby Knight, crazy, uh, and some of the greatest uh, athletes and and stars of the world. I mean, he's. He's fished with the greatest people. He's he's uh, done some really cutting edge stuff with tournament fishing, and television, and uh, you know he's just a, he's just a monster in the bass fishing world. Yeah. Uh, you know, in his with his accomplishment. Yeah. And the current owner of BASS, by the way, uh, many of some of you may not even know that. It's true. That he is uh, he is uh, one of the owners of the Bassmasters Group. Um, and in charge of a lot of the elite stuff and the, and the television coverage that's going on there now. Yeah, I think Brian's got him now. So let me let me go ahead and introduce him. Uh, joining us live from the I think the Jam Studios. We're going to ask him here in a second. And uh, a, a huge hero of mine, a guy that really shaped the sport and a big reason why I fish today. Joining us, Mr. Jerry McKinnis, everybody. Mike, you're embarrassing me there. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> But I do. I, I keep thinking what you said at the first of the show that if if a guest comes on there live, they have the opportunity to fish fight. I got to get in on that. <laughs> Next time I'll, I'll be live. <laughs> That'd be good. We, we actually. I do, I, do appreciate the, the intro there. That's pretty special. Absolutely. We actually have, we, this is a real thing, we have blood stains on the carpet in here from fights we've gotten into before. Uh, and cheesecake. And cheesecake. We've got a lot of cheesecake on the floor. Je- Jerry, this is an honor to have you on. I Man, I, I am I'm stoked out of my mind. This is probably one of the first times on Ike Live that I've been nervous to interview oh, someone. <laughs> a little bit. I'm serious. I'm being oh, honest. Well, that's, um, oh, I'm, I'm just glad, I, really, I'm just a Absolutely a regular old guy, and um, uh, it, it's an honor for me to be here. Because, heck, you're one of my heroes. Well, thank you. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, i got to start with this. i got to tell you that we're watching you. I don't I don't think you could see us here in, in the studio, but we're watching you. And your studio is a hell of a lot nicer than our studio. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fish tank. Yeah. I, what? Uh, yeah, I am sitting here in the Bass Studio, uh, uh, Sanders and Zona. Uh, allowed me to come in here and use it for a little bit, so it worked out pretty good. Wow, wow, it's amazing. Now, I, you know, the first question, this is an obvious one. I know a lot of the questions we have tonight also came from, from social media over the last couple of days, and a big one for me and a lot of people, you know, when did you decide to write this book, and, and why did you decide to write this book? When did all this happen? Well, you know, I think that what really got me going on that was my kids. Uh, I, uh, I have four, I have three boys and a girl, I have four kids. And, uh, and, and he, and Steve Bowman, y'all know Steve Bowman. I'd be around him and, and I'd be telling some story and, and, the, and they'd be saying, Oh my gosh, 
uh, Dad or Jerry, you need you need to start writing that stuff down. And so I guess it was now probably two years ago because it took me a year to write it. Uh, so I just struck in writing it, and I am not an author. Uh, and I just I, I I started writing it, and I I never stopped. Uh, now by that I mean. Uh, of course, if I was off doing something else, I didn't. I didn't write all the time, but I, I kept. I kept writing. I never went back. When I got ready to start again, I never went back to see where I was at or anything, and and it, it just just seemed to fall in place. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That that that's amazing. And uh, you know, I I got to tell you, for me, uh, there were a couple things that stood out. And the one, and it's interesting that you said that because the one thing, as I read the book, is. And I know you, so it might be a little different, but it sounded like you talking, like you were actually talking on a mic, you know, like I could close my eyes and visualize you say, you know, saying the words. So that was that was neat. But hey, Mike, you know what? I've, I've had so many people tell me that. And I and I have to say I don't understand I don't have a clue what you're talking about, really. But <laughs> really. I'm, but but they, I've, everyone said it's like. You're in the room or on an airplane with me, yeah. just telling me stories and so on. So, I'm, but I am glad that that's how you feel. Yeah, it's 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 very true. It's very true. And I know Pete alluded to this before you came on, uh, but I want to reiterate it. You know, one of my favorite parts of the book, um, you know, and and it's because, you know, I'm I'm such a fan of the sport still. You know, at at 43 and 18 years doing it professionally, I'm still a huge fan of the sport. Um, but I love the history. Of the book, you know that that's the, the the pieces of the book that that hit me the hardest were the history pieces, and you know the the, the moments with Forrest Wood and Rick Klon and Bill Dance, uh, the little sidebars like the sidebar about the Rapala floating minnow at the Bull Shoals dock. I mean that's that's the stuff that that ate you know I ate that up because I'm like a kid in a candy store when it comes to that history. You, you know, is it is it amazing to you that that those things happened and had such an impact on the sport? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? The Kind of the sad thing about it, and I guess this is just the way life is, as all that was happening, I didn't pay attention to it. Right. And, and so much of that stuff, I uh, was more impressed. I was more impressed as I was writing the book, I guess, than I was as it was happening. Hey, I was on the... I was on a boat dock um, at Bull Shoals Lake, and <clears throat> Mr. Lawrence came to the dock, and he had a little green box, <laughs> and he wanted to show two or three of it how it worked. And I said, well, you know, out here at, our ga- at the gas dock, we got a crappie bed. We, we could go, you know, I thought we would just go look, and we'd be able to see the crappie bed, and, and we, we were. Uh, but we could. he actually pointed out that there's some crappie in it. And quite honestly, we thought, you know, at the at the beginning of it, we didn't at the beginning of that little deal. We didn't think that this is but this guy, this ain't going to work. Uh, we'll just play along with him. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and even even after he showed it, we were we were skeptical of it. But um, uh, of course, I did, that was there wasn't anything in in the book about that like that. But there was a lot of things. Like you know the story you said of, uh, about the Rapalamina. Yeah. And we we didn't we didn't sell them. We rented them. 
Wow. Uh, and, and there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't anything close to that. And we rented them because we, we, we probably only got 30 or 40 of them. Yeah. And, and we didn't, we didn't want to sell them and lose them. And, and another thing was, was crankbaits in those days. We had like two or three crankbaits, bombers and hellbenders. And, and each one of them was probably were in two or three colors. Yeah. And that was it. And and that's what we and and we did we did really good with them too. But they just you know one or two colors. They all ran the same depth. And uh, uh, and look at it. Look at what's happening now. So it's, so it it was. I was really I was really very blessed. And and I think throughout throughout the book, I tried to, my darndest to let everybody know that I was. Um, I was in the right place at so many times, and about the time I would be uh, close to making a mistake, I'll be darned. Someone like, like, um, like Forrest or some dance, some someone would pop up, and we'd uh, and and sometimes both of us would get pointed in the right direction. Yeah. But I was I was really lucky. I was very very fortunate. It, it, it's amazing that you're talking about that because that actually brings up the second thing that I really wanted to talk to you about that that hit me when I read the book was what you just said, which you know, like things happening at the right time. And I, and in my life and my career, I like to say it like it's meant to be, right? You know, yeah, and, and yeah, and and that's happened so many times in my life. More recently with Pete. Uh, with you know, with Pete's dad having a heart attack and Pete being there, you know, yeah. really strange things where like, you know, it's almost like it was meant to be. Do you yep. believe that? Do you yep. believe like, in that kind of fate? Mike, and I'm I'm glad that you're recognizing it now because, like I said, back, back you know, back, way back in in my 20s and 30s, uh, I wasn't paying attention to that. Uh, now I can look back and see that. I, I bet in the book that I said that I um, put the quote out there, uh, everything is happening exactly, exactly like it's supposed to. I bet I said that yeah. ten times in there. And, yeah. and that could have been the title of the book for for uh, for all of uh, just as well. And, and, you know, let me tell you one quick story that maybe you've read, uh, uh, came across. Oh, and I'll try to make it as quick as I can. But the guy, the, we had a guy in Little Rock who uh, who had the, the who did the sports at the local television station, and he didn't fish, but he always came out and ran his pontoon boat around, and uh, was a really nice guy. And one day I went out on this like this is Lake Maumelle, right outside of Little Rock, and, and one day me and a guy just talked me into going out with him, and I went, and and we caught an exceptional string of fish. Well, when I came back in, I took my boat to the gas dock, which I don't normally do. It was just a little V-bottom boat, you know. It, but I took it over there to gas it up. This guy had put his pontoon boat in just ahead of me. He had quit, ran into the boat dock, and was walking by the gas dock when I pulled this string of fish out and throwed it up on the uh, – and those were the days when we had a stringer, you know. Yeah. Threw him up on the dock. If that guy had been – 30 seconds later, he wouldn't have seen that. If he'd have been 30 seconds earlier, he wouldn't have seen that, but he saw it, and it, it just floored him. And he asked me if I would bring those fish. This is 1962, maybe, yeah. something like that. 
he asked me if I'd bring them down to the uh, Channel 7 there in Little Rock and, and show them and talk about them. And I did. And that's how I got started. Wow. Uh, and, and, and like I say, I was only 30 seconds away from that never happening. So things wow. are happening just like they're supposed to. What a cool story. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing, Jerry. This is Pete, and, I, you know, it's great to have you here and talk to you. And, and the book is amazing. Uh, you know, so many great stories about things uh, like meeting Forrest Wood and, and fishing with all these amazing people. You give a great uh list of the top five anglers of all time which i wasn't included on <laughs> and um but <laughs> pete you're in my you're in my top five so it's okay I do have, look he's uh ike's on the front page of the magazine yeah right here. <laughs> yeah i like that <laughs> but but i love i love that stuff and uh but one you know you fished with bobby knight and ted williams a lot and uh yep. two giant personalities what, what was it like to fish with those guys well you know the first with coach the first time it was you know, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and I was probably pretty nervous, but he made it, he made it real easy for me. Uh, and, and, uh, he told me that he was just as nervous as I was because he didn't want to mess up and not get to go again with me. Uh, as a matter of fact, he always tells the story that John Havlicek called him and he was telling him that, that he and I, coach and I had this trip arranged and, and, uh, <clears throat> Havlicek said, now don't screw that up. He didn't say screw. He said another word. <laughs> <laughs> don't screw that up and we'll have something that, we'll have something that we can uh, uh, latch on to all the time for some great fishing trips. So, so Coach was kind of uh, skeptical about it, too. But uh, uh, I fish with him a lot, even today. I've, Coach and I fish an awful lot, and he's great. The It, it was... Um, it was almost a little twilight zoney going with Ted Williams. Although I had a wonderful trip and and became very close with him in the in the latter years of his life, just because I was such a baseball fan and uh, and my father was such a big Ted Williams fan. And I remember sitting down interviewing him uh, in Russia. We were sitting there and and I was doing my best to do a good interview. But I was also wondering, I was thinking, boy, I hope they've uh, shut down heaven for a little bit because I want Dad to be sitting there watching this. So uh, both of those were really great. Yeah, that's amazing. And you fished the greatest places in the world, uh, you know, all through the years. The one that keeps popping up is the Boundary Waters, which I I know nothing about that that place. Uh, That's up, I guess, on the Canadian border. can you talk a little fishing I, about that spot? You know, I'd rather not talk to you guys about that at all. <laughs> we want GPS coordinates. <laughs> the GPS Waters spots. is uh, the coolest trip that I've ever been on. I've probably been on it 35 times, I imagine. Um, and it, it's just, you know, I, I go with an incredible couple. They're, they're outfitters up there. And, and the first, I, I went. Wasn't my about my second or third time up there was their first time up there. So I've been going through with them through all the years. They're great. They're, there's just so many things about the trip, and and the people I take into it go in talking about how good the smallmouth fishing is going to be, and they come out talking about everything but the smallmouth fishing. Although it's it's 
well, you guys know what the northern smallmouth fishing is like. Well, that's that's um, that the boundary waters might be the, the top of the line for that species. Well, maybe wow. maybe you could uh, guide the cast of Ike live up there. Yeah, this this summer. <laughs> I vote for that. I definitely vote for that. Well, it'd, it'd be okay. You got about ten miles of paddling to get to where we where we fish. Well, but count it's well count Pete out because he doesn't exercise at all. He wouldn't be able to make it. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> hey Jerry. Hey, it's Mark Jeffries. It's good to talk to hey, you. I haven't Mark. talked to you for a while. Good to see you. Good to uh, see you, man. Hey, last night I had an opportunity to read the book, and uh, I, I was really intrigued by a lot of things that took place uh, when you were young and all the time that you spent in Seminole, Oklahoma uh, yeah. during, during your baseball right. career. And it was really hard for me to imagine that because I'm familiar with Seminole and what it's like today. I can't imagine what it was like uh, when you were playing minor league baseball. But what I want to ask you is, some of the stories and the decisions that you had to make when you were playing baseball, uh, it, it, I believe you were getting paid $200 a month. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. To make that decision. a month. And I, and I was, I had one of those funny ages where if I'd have been a, like born a week or two later, then I would have been in a completely new class, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was 17 years old when I graduated high school and went away immediately and started playing baseball. And I was playing professional baseball when I was still 17. Had a 90 mile an hour fastball. Huh? A 90 mile an hour fastball. Well, only out in the west, out where the where the uh, <laughs> helped me out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I was I was probably too young. Um, I, I you know I always look back if if you caught the caught the gist of that part of my life, you can see that it it was always a big disappointment for me. I yeah. always thought if I had the opportunity to hang in there a couple more, and, and it was my own choice to to because i wouldn't take a demotion right. i said i'm going home i was homesick and that was, wasn't the first year but later on uh, in my career and i but i was homesick and i was in love and i wanted to get married and everything and i should have had i should have been paying more attention to to being a baseball player maybe i'd done a little better but uh uh, Seminole, Oklahoma was a big part of it, I'm telling you. And at the time, Seminole, I don't remember much about it, just the restaurant, the movie. <laughs> There's not much there. There's still not much there. That's, that's what we did was play pool, go to the movie, and play baseball. Yeah, well, I, what I was wondering is that whole stage of your very young career from a baseball standpoint, did you learn anything from that stage of your life that you're actually – applying toward the way that you're running your business uh, since then and really during the past years? Well, I think so. I really do think so. I, <clears throat> Even though I played at a higher level, very at, uh, uh, not very much, uh, I still was around it a lot. And even when I quit playing baseball, I was with some guys and, and have – Hung out with Whitey Herzog and a few a few other guys a lot, and I know what a real high level of sport is all about. And and I and I have to tell you that I have thought all along that a lot of the, 
a lot of the things that I was involved with should be applied to our to our fishing world. And and I think maybe, you know, maybe we are uh, really advancing and and our, our the the cream is coming to the to the top, as they say, in in so many areas. And I still always think, you know, we're not going to be Major League Baseball ever, but my gosh, we can be the PGA or professional tennis. We ought to be able to get to that level one of these days. And I think being a, a little part of that has always, um, you, you know, it, it, it has given me some goals to shoot for. And, and, and it definitely, even though I was 17 to 20 years old when I was doing all that, it still made an impact on me. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, things that happen shape your life. And let let me uh, let me remind everybody. Uh, Jerry McInnes is joining us, and if you want to be a part of this, uh, hit us up on our instant messaging, our IM board. Also, you can hit us up on our social media at Ike Live Show on Twitter or Facebook. And Jerry, we're, the the questions on on social media are pouring in. A lot of them are the same. And, and it's interesting because I, I think a lot of people have this same big question, and, and we've talked about it personally a lot over the last year, behind the weigh-in stand and behind the tents. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people, it's kind of two parts to this question. A lot of people want to know, what is... What's... And incidentally, Mike, I want to throw in that I, I have really appreciated the conversations you and I have have had, or I really have. Oh, me, me too, me too. It's great to talk with you one on one because you're usually bombarded by like thousands of people. So <laughs> it's nice to corner you for a change. Uh, everybody wants to know what you know. What's the future of the sport? What do you see as the future of bass fishing and professional bass fishing? And then the second part, uh, tons of questions about uh, Bassmaster Live. You know, obviously everybody's excited about what happened last year and and people want to know about the future of of the live portion of of, of bassmaster programming well and and of course both those que- your one question kind of answers the first question a little bit you know what what the first question was what do i see in the future of of, of bass fishing you know we've golly all of us have always talked about how can we get live We've talked about that for years, and it was yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. when we were involved with the ESPN, they really made a stab at it a few times, and it just didn't work well. Well, here we are, you know, six or eight years down the line from that, and uh, technology has got uh, a lot better and a lot differently. It's it, uh, We handle a lot differently than we did even back there when we were with the ESPN. Uh, but I think the technology is going to get even better. And, and even when and, and when it does get better, it just opens it up even more. Uh, we still, you know, as you know, we're still depending on uh, cell service, and yeah. and so that knocks us out of a few things um, uh, during the day. But uh, still, what we do get is there's just something about sitting there watching a guy yeah. fish live. It's there's it, it's it's amazing. Real time, real time fishing. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I and I think that's going to get bigger. I you know I I'm just going to tell you my opinions here. Uh, uh, and you know, as you know, I'm a television guy. Uh, but I I think, and I've told our gang around here for several years, one year one day we won't have any television. Right. It'll all be live internet. 
Yeah. And right, right now we're having, um, oh, two or three hours a day for three days, maybe, something like that. Uh, there'll come a time where it's all live. It's yeah. a whole the whole week, but you know, from Thursday to Sunday night is going to be live. Yeah, and, and I think that that then then that's going to start growing the viewership and growing, you know, and, and when that happens, the sport will grow. And when we when the sport grows, then sponsors a little bit more. The uh, non-endemic sponsors are going to be coming in, and we're you know and we're getting we're making headway there as well. And, and, you know, it just all starts changing. But I don't think it's going to be fast, Mike. And I, yeah. I think that uh, – but, man, we made a – I think we made an impact in one year. And uh, and so I'm – we, we, we actually have some plans uh, to lengthen the coverage and, and maybe possibly – you know, I hate to say all this because, you know, you know how things are. Sometimes they don't work, but – work out but uh, we may even go to <clears throat> some time on on ESPN with uh with some live stuff so uh so that's that's all it's all really pretty exciting i think wow that that's interesting cuz i i you know from our standpoint uh Pete and i have discussed this show after show after show uh the live coverage is for sure a piece of that future of the sport you yep. know and you know what? I don't know whether you guys, if any of you guys, got to see this or not. But <clears throat> we were at Chesapeake Bay, and we was we were covering uh, 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 Aaron, and and we had him. It one little stretch. We had about ten minutes where he caught one pretty good fish. Then he caught a seven pounder. Then he caught another one about three pounds. And and he was wall to wall, Aaron Martins, talking, jabbering. There was someone on the dock, and he was talking to them. And it it was I thought <laughs> it was about ten minutes of of the best uh, outdoor television that I had ever seen. And and wow. And and so the the more cameras we're going to be able to get out there, and that that's coming too. And the more Time we're going to be able to, to uh, utilize, we're going to have more than little eight and ten minute stretches, and boy, that's got to grow our sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry, it's Mark again. Uh, with the advance in the technology, and with a number of other organizations going to uh, a digital network type of format where they're actually creating their own network online not like their own channel on television but they're providing just an enormous amount of digital video both live and on demand is there any discussion or any uh, conference room talk for bass to create their own digital network yes um not necessarily create a whole new network uh, I guess it could end up going in that direction, but there is talk of really developing uh, the video side of our of uh, Bassmaster.com uh, much bigger and much uh, m- a more powerful thing than what we have now. And and again, we are slowly inching towards that even now. So uh, and 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 then that you know no, when that gets to a certain point. And no telling where that goes from there. 
But the, the answer to your question is yes. We, we certainly have talked about it. Oh. Jerry, the, the, Jerry, this is Pete. The, the, the one criticism that, you know, we get for the live uh, coverage of that is is from the pros themselves. Like the, you're, you're exposing their fishing spots very, very early in the tournament, their patterns uh, and, and that type of thing. I actually, when I was down there uh, working with you on the Chesapeake, I got criticized for uh, blogging a little bit too many details too early in the tournament. Uh, and I imagine some of the pros are probably not liking this very much. Uh, I mean, what, 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 do you, what are your plans for that? How are you going to combat well, that? They, they are until they're one of the guys that get the gig on TV and see what it does for their brand uh, to be one of the guys that got covered. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's that's pretty sweet when you get to the – get involved in it am, am i not right mike oh hey i love it i yeah. can you have a camera on me every tournament next year please <laughs> <laughs> can you get in the, can you stay in the top five every tournament that, next? that's gonna be tough i kind of stink <laughs> lately so <I> don't know. <laughs> but but uh, you know that other uh, I, I don't want to say I, I really understand the guys um uh uh positions all that i and i understand their their concern and so on, but but I also got to say you got to get over that, guys. Uh, we're we're not. This isn't 19, uh, 1980. Uh, we're in a whole new world. We are in a whole new world. You gotta you gotta forget about that. That's part of the game. Uh, uh, you 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 need to to plan your your fishing uh, in your spots and how to use them and when you use them and. Uh, a lot differently than you did 20 years ago, yeah. and, and that's not going to go away. That that that's we, we need that. We need that. Um, so everybody, we're we're not going to change that. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to just be what it is. I think everybody needs to jump in and and help us with it, and let's uh, 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 let's realize what an important part of this sport that is. It, and, it, and 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 you know, and I'm saying that, Mike. That's just kind of my my opinion. I, I'd like to kind of hear what you what you think about it. Well, it, I, this is Pete, and I, I think it's going to take a little adjustment for us as a group of anglers because we're used to telling lies and keeping secrets, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's all that's all that's all gone now. But I definitely see the merit of it. I, I tell you, as an angler, I love it. I love watching it. I'm glued to it. I. Uh, I watch it all day, the entire coverage. Me too. It's it's too. absolutely fascinating. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, I, I've even got around it. You know, maybe I'm not at a tournament and I'm at home, and I got something to do, but I'm just gonna watch that for maybe ten minutes, and I'm <laughs> sitting there and I've watched it for two hours. Yeah, you cannot turn away. It, hey. It's very addictive. Hey very Jerry, different. it's Mark again. Uh, I just want to say that if there's any elite series pros out there that do not like this. They have just created probably the best marketing platform that they could have from a digital perspective. Yeah. The amount of exposure that you can position yourself now as a professional angler, it's enormous. But having said that, it's expensive. And it is a tremendously expensive investment that you and your company are making to give these guys the platform to be able to showcase their their performance and the products that they use. Having said that, how has the response been from the companies to get involved with the product? And 
do you see it as an opportunity to potentially expand into the West by possibly positioning West Coast companies that might want to get involved with the live streaming? Great question. Well, um, <clears throat> boy, that was a long question. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, it is an exp- it is a very expensive proposition, and we went into it this year, you know, pretty much on our own um, uh, with uh, not a whole lot of sponsorship because nobody even knew what it was. Yeah, uh, and. And this year, it looks like we got some folks that are going to come in and uh, uh, at least stick their toe in the water here and, and become a part of it. And so that's going to make it a lot better. But but quite honestly, it's not only new to us and to the anglers and the sponsor. It's new to our viewers, too. Um, and, and although they're catching on pretty fast and it, was, and it was growing, it still needs to get bigger where we can get the right the, uh, the the right uh, new sponsors involved in it, uh, so it is a it is a really expensive proposition. But uh, uh, yeah, I can I can uh, I I sure see it I sure see it growing. I sure do. I do too. Uh, Becky, let's uh, let's go to the IM board real quick. Do we have anybody uh, IMing us with questions for Jerry? Anything unique coming through? Jerry, I have a lot for you. <laughs> Some of them are so humorous. Uh, I'm going to give you the first. Some of these will just be rapid fire. So, was Ray Scott really a lady slayer? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't make this up. No, that, that, that. There's a mistake there. (laughs) (laughs) I got another fun one for you. Jerry, in your opinion, what do you think of Ike's behavior and language when he was on live? Wow. Did that really come in? That came in. Wow. (laughs) Well, me and and Ike have had conversations about that before. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, Let's be honest. It's got to be good for the ratings, Jerry. I mean, (laughs) Um, listen, Mike Iaconelli is a major guy for our sport. And I would say this if he wasn't sitting over there uh, listening to all this. He's a major guy. uh, And his uh, his personality is just electric at a lot of times. And, And as we all know, you either love him or you hate him. I happen to love him, and <laughs> and so um, I I um, we're going to put a filter on when he's on live next year. We're going to put a filter over his. Over yeah, him. you get a <laughs> delay, Mike. I get a delay. I'm the only boat that has a delay. It's going to look like it's going to look like the old black belt theater shows. Like your mouth's moving, but the words are like. Yes, yeah, everything's delayed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else, Beck? Because I've got yeah. some. Okay. Yeah, we've got a ton coming through. Um, somebody asked, do you see in the future uh, bringing back a warm weather classic? Wow. Good uh, question. Boy, there's that prop. That and when are you going out in the West? Those are the two things I get hit with absolutely more than any, anything else. <laughs> and and I would say, that well, well, you know. That's what we're trying to do with Bass Fest, and we've only done that for two years, and it, boy, it, it you know, it's it's coming along pretty good. Uh, but for the people that, that and, and there are a lot of them that say we make a mistake by having the classic in the in the 
in the spring, the winter and the spring. We need to use to the summer. I need to tell you, number one, our sponsors, and of course, they're very important. They love it at that time, at the time of the year that uh, we have it because it's the beginning of the season and it's a great place to to uh, showcase their new product. Mm -hmm. I think when you go to the anglers, um, I, I guess maybe it's 50-50, but I, w I would guess that, that more of them uh, like the winter than they do the summer because, we, you know, a winter event uh, is kind of hard to come by. And, and so it, it's nice that we get to fill that void with the classic. But here's the biggest deal. When we did a summer classic, we, had, we were averaging 50,000 people, and now we're averaging about 125 to 140. Wow. So, so it's, it's pretty tough to say, hey, we're making a mistake here. we got to move back to where it was before. So that, that's the biggest deal. There's, we, you know, it's like I hear a lot from the people that don't like it, but you don't hear anything from all the, the people that do like it. So I, I doubt if you'll see a time where we move it, uh, but we are working hard to make Bass Fest that summer event. Jerry, if you need a part-time employee, I'm really good at bumping frozen boats off trailers and unfreezing hose lines on campers. I got that. Absolutely. I got that. You can uh, you can kind of freelance at the events. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You go. <laughs> I uh, all right. I've got more for you. I've got uh, I've got a handful of people that asked. Um, you had mentioned a couple times bringing the elite series numbers down to 75. Um, when do you foresee bringing those Elite Series angler numbers down from in the hundreds to the 75 that you mentioned? And then also um, we have questions about, you know, the entry fees. Do you see that yeah, I, in the near that, future? That's a, you know what? I, I always I feel, feel like I've done a good job at Bass so far, but I have failed at those two things, which were, were two of the big things that were on top of my list when I – got in this seat uh, I wanted to bring entry fees down and and I did want to cut the field down I haven't had any luck at either one of them uh, the boy I, I don't know there there's there's such a there's such a struggle to get everybody that wants in the into into the leads it's a struggle to take care of everybody mm -hmm. and uh, and and this year we We've never had to do this yet, but we were close last year to having to, to, to make a cut, and a few guys that had fished with us for years and years weren't going to make it. Well, we got through that. We made it. It looks like we're going to have that situation again. I don't know exactly how we can get down to 75. I think that at someday, someday I hope that we can have our regular 100, 110 and then 75 or 60 or 75 of them uh, at the end of the season go on for two or three more events, and and we try that. Uh, and as far as getting the entry fee down, man, it it's really tough to do that. And and you know, I, I hate it. The guys still are in this fishing for purses. Uh, and that that's a subject that I could start off on and talk for a long time. Um, <clears throat> I think that our anglers, I think if you win a purse or if you win purse money, 
that that should be gravy. The way you make a a good uh, living out of the sport is by marketing yourself and by good sponsors and taking care of taking care of that side of your fishing. But but still, with that said, there's still a number of guys that are in it for the purse. And and so we're trying to keep the purses pretty good. Actually, we I, I don't know what the figure is, but this year there's more purse money. Of course, we have one extra event. Uh, there's more purse money than there has, and then probably there ever has been. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it would be difficult to keep that up, even though Bass does manage to contribute a lot to that purse as well. Uh, it's it's hard to do that, keep that level up, and and bring the entry fee down. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Jerry. It's Mike again. I agree. And uh, I, I think, you know, one of the things, and... and you know, I did a series on Bassmaster.com uh, about the future of the sport. And and thank you, by the way, thank you and thank uh, Bassmaster.com for letting me do that piece because it was very freeing to, to be able to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is the time element involved in change, right? You know, so many people want change to happen immediately and, and so quick. And, you know, when you look at the history of other professional sports – they're old, you know, baseball and football. Yeah, they're old. They're so old compared to our sport. So, you know, there needs to be some time element there to, to make these things happen. Right. Uh, you know, so people have to realize that. And I, I think that's a, that's a big thing. But I want to jump back to what you just said, which is, you know, a lot of this sport is promotions is sponsorships and that drives a lot of the business from from the organization side and the angler side and you know I, I i'd like to throw this out and and you know how do we elevate our level uh, how do we elevate the professional level the ability to make money through sponsors because what's happening is we talk about this all the time pete you have a lot of guys both entry-level guys uh, you know, two, three-year guys and long-term guys that are working well below their means in, in the sport, right? So when you have here, – here's the example. When you have one of the best anglers in the world, the best angler in the world, and I don't even have to say any names. When you have the best angler in the world doing a product deal for a company, that brings the whole st- – professional body down and it's really hard it's hard to go to a company and say i provide this much value on everything i'm doing when you have the best angler in the world doing it for nothing how yeah. do we combat that jerry how, how uh, well, do you know my, my one thing i gotta say right off the bat is is as far as i know i don't know if i can do anything or if bass can do anything about that that's a deal you you guys ought to get because that is that that's that's bad that's bad stuff yeah and and you guys you guys ought to try to get together and 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 I, I you know I think Bass would do whatever we could to to help out but that's gonna be a that's gotta be a deal that you guys take care of right I I agree I agree and I I, I talked about that I think that's a huge progression of the sport is the anglers need to 
get together for themselves. So there's some baseline there, right? right? So that kind of thing doesn't happen. That that at some point really has to happen. You know, the other thing I talked about, and, and again, I'd love to get your opinion on it, is, you know, considering this time element, and it may be five years, it may be 10, it may be 20. I don't know what it is. But when you compare our sport to other sports, you know, we're still one of the sports with multi big leagues. Football had it, baseball had it, and at some point there had to be one premier league. Do you see that happening? And and would you ever consider combining or, you know, buying or joining or whatever that term is to create one premier league? Uh, Well, again, you've hit on a kind of a uh, interesting subject there, one that we talk about a lot. Um, there is right right now our pie is just so big, and we got too many people taking hunks of it, mm-hmm. and and it ends up hurting the whole sport. And and I, I say that, and it and it may sound I may I don't mean to sound selfish there that we want all the big, big pie. Um, I, I don't know if we're the ones or not, but somebody needs to have the big piece of pie. It kind of looks like bass does right now, and and uh, but but what you're talking about is is still a still a problem. There is parts of the there's parts of the country that don't know what the leader what the leading organization is. Yeah. Um, and but, but there's a lot that do you know. Uh, and so <laughs> that one, I, I said on the, on your last um, uh, question that uh, it was that wasn't something I could do anything about. But this one is kind of kind of on my plate a little bit, and um, and I'm, I'm I'm I do but but I do see someday that being under one under one roof, and yeah. and I really hope it's a roof that. Uh, that is is uh, smart and kind and and has a, a lot of passion for the sport because we need that as well. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Hey Jerry, it's Mark again. Uh, I want to go back to the book because uh, with Ike asking that question, you were very candid about uh, some of the the confrontations and some of the situations that you had with uh erwin jacobs and which with the flw organization is is there any way (laughs) very funny uh i i I was actually kind of impressed that you actually talked about it in the way that you did talk about it in your book but do you think that there's any chance uh now that there could be that summit meeting or however you want to clarify it as uh both groups sitting down at the table and actually discussing, maybe not getting a deal done, but just talking about a potential merger or working things out between the two organizations. The uh, are, are you asking me if if that could ever happen? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely could. Has has it been uh, thrown on the table in the past? I mean, has that situation occurred? Or is that something that could happen in the future? 
We have to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it was in the book. Like I said, I've given you props for even talking about it in the book. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Well, um, um, uh, you know, there, there's certainly a possibility of what what you're talking about uh, happening someday, and we just, just kind of sit back and and um, uh, watch and let's see what happens. Um, and and, and you know, and I do want to say something, even though Erwin Jacobs and I have had a few little clashes and all, <laughs> uh, I, I will say I, 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 st- I respect what he has done. I think he did. I think he did an awful lot to shake a lot of things up and get us going in some different directions. Um, so I, I do hope that what you're. What your main question there? I, I do hope that that happens one of these days. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And I, again, I think you know eventually it, it needs to happen. And again, mm-hmm. you just can't put time parameters on it. it could be right. five, it could be ten, it could be it could be twenty years. But to well, get- I tell you what, I've told all my folks over there at Bass that um, I'm just going to do this for twenty more years, and then I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a great comment here. Lenny said that you should send Donald Trump in to negotiate that. Wow! <laughs> I, I should do what? Send Donald Trump in to negotiate. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, we also have a ton of people who are asking. We get, of course, a lot of Philly fans here, but they want to know if you ever see an event coming back to the Philadelphia area, and were you shocked by the turnout? I think they're really proud of themselves, <laughs> but they want to know, were you shocked by their turnout? Well, I wouldn't say I, wouldn't say I was shocked, I wouldn't, but, it, but it was impressive. It was wonderful. Uh, I, I just think it was the of all of all the Bassmaster events I've ever been to, I thought that was maybe the neatest one ever. Maybe yeah. even uh, you know would rank in with some classics and all. Um, and and um, I, I, I that was so much fun. Oh man, yeah, I see us going back there. Heck, fire, yeah. Wow, uh, the Philly. I can hear the Philly fans chanting right now. <laughs> Jerry, 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 Jerry. You hear him? You hear him? You hear him, Pete? Uh, I hear him. I, I, I had a question about the Federation Nation. Um, you know, it seems like a, here in New Jersey, our Federation Nation program is growing, and uh, it, it's expanding. And I, I saw some great coverage in uh, Bass Times. Uh, for the for the federation stuff, which is which is awesome. Where where, where do you see the federation nation fitting in well, the bass? It, uh, you know, it just uh, uh, it, it just, like you said, it is growing. It just keeps keeps getting better and better. And uh, you know, our championship is going on uh, uh, right now as we speak. Uh, uh, and well, no, it's over now. But I mean, it was was going on this weekend. We had a great turnout. Great, it, it was it was a, a fantastic event. And uh, man, I I I really appreciate all those guys. And 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 I'm I'm I know I know all of our. I, I spend so much time with our with the elite guys and all, and I, I sometimes feel guilty about that uh, because I'm I'm so appreciative. Of, uh, of all the uh, Federation Nation guys and the college guys and the high schools, yeah, fishermen as well, and of course the the uh, 
the nation has a lot to do with how the college and high school is growing. So um, I see it continuing to, to just get bigger and bigger. Me too. I mean, you know, this is Mike and uh, the high school and college programs. It's amazing. And, it's and you know, that, that to me is another one of those key points when we talk about the growth of the sport. You know, that's got to be right there at the top. And, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, and, and and it's amazing because, you know, me and Pete, we're old guys now. We talk all the time about, man, could you imagine when oh. we were in high school or college if we had that? And that's now right. now it's it's a big, big business. It's amazing to see it, you know? Oh, it sure is. Hey, I got it. Guys, I got another guest that just came in the studio that I want to. Wow. A surprise uh, guest? Uh, this is a surprise guest. Dave we Mercer? like surprises. Dave Mercer? <laughs> this is Ollie. Wow! <laughs> there he is. Wow! Uh, uh, Ollie is 10 weeks old, and he's three going on four pounds. Unless I count his tail, he's not even a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> he's cute. Wow. But he's my he's my new buddy. You know, I had I've had I've had this thing with dachshunds for years. Yeah. And um um and I lost my um, Archie about two months ago and it nearly killed me. And um so I had to get another one and 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 so that's Ollie and he he thought he ought to pay a little visit here. Wow. Let me set him down. I, I think Ollie might be the cutest guest we've ever had. <laughs> no offense to all our guests and all you guys that I work with, but Ollie might be the cutest. He was he was pretty cute. Yes, he was. Uh, i got to give you that. Uh, Jerry, I, I can't thank you enough for carving time out for us. Uh, you, you know, this is amazing to have the opportunity to have you on, talk about the new book, talk about the future of the sport. Uh, I, I'm I'm very humbled by it, um, and uh, you got to promise me something. If I bring my book to the classic, probably the next time I see you, will you sign it for me? Oh, ab- absolutely. Okay. I'll, I I prom- please do that. I uh, <clears throat> I would love to. I would love. I've signed quite a few of them already. That's awesome. And we're showing the book to everybody right now on the screen. And uh, ha- just to let everybody know, Jerry. How can any anybody that's listening, anybody that's going to listen to the podcast a week from now, a month from now, how can they get a hold of this book? Well, it, it, it's pretty easy. Uh, uh, go to go to jerrysbook.com, and and it will have all. It's got a few sample chapters and all the information, but it's also uh, in the Bassmaster store now, and it's on Amazon, and uh, so there's a number of places you can get it. But really, the easiest to at least get started with is go to jerrysbook.com. I can even remember that. Wow, that's easy. That's easy. And the other thing I want to mention, too, before we let you go is you have social media sites, and people can follow you every day. What, yeah. wh- how can they follow you? How, what, what's your, what are your social media handles where they can follow your daily activities? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be no, a theme. Just, Zona had to do the Jerry, same thing. It's just Jerry McKinnis on Facebook. Jerry McKinnis and, on Facebook. And, uh, got a we we have an off you know like most fishermen we have a lot of fun on it and uh, uh, please please stop by and see me. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again for the time, Jerry. We will see you in a couple months at the classic, if not before then, and. 
Thank you for coming on Ike Live. You you were amazing. I appreciate it. Listen, guys, thank, it was really – I'm not kidding you. It was an honor the, uh, to be on with you, Mark. It's good to visit with you a little bit. We haven't talked for months and months and yeah. months. Hey, and, I'm coaching basketball now. So. Are you? All right. Yeah, I'm a high school basketball coach now, so doing are you, well. Are you all, are you all staying, still playing football over there in Oklahoma? Or yeah, have, yeah, yeah. You know what? We're averaging over 50 points a game the last five games. We'll see what happens. Wow. <laughs> uh, hey, well, again, thanks a lot, guys. It, it, it really was a pleasure. A lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Thank have, you, Jerry. Have a great night. Jerry McKinnis, everybody. Wow. Man. Definitely, definitely ranks up there with one of the best guests we've ever had one of the you know most iconic guests we ever had and the interesting thing and i knew brian's thinking the same thing because i saw it in his eyes through that glass mm-hmm. very interesting that jerry mentioned you can get his book at uh jerrysbook.com yep. very similar to pete's not.com yep. Yep. Exactly <laughs> where you can get pete's not <laughs> very similar have you guys been talking about this the strategy of the websites <laughs> yeah, there's no telling what you might get at pete's not <laughs> <laughs> probably not a book <laughs> it's not a book it's a lot of dirty dirty stuff in pete's not uh, you know what yeah. i mean well that that was that was fascinating uh, it's fascinating, man. yeah. I mean, he, ta- he spoke candidly about stuff that was really cool. Does that same thing in his book. Yeah. Honesty. You yeah. know, and you mentioned that too, yeah. Mark. How you were impressed by what he talked about. He talked about some a lot of the great things that have happened to him, and and some of the bad stuff. You know, some of the bad decisions he felt he made, and some bad stuff that happened. And he he didn't seem to edit it. I really appreciated that about the yeah. book. Yeah. And I appreciated him talking. And I'm trying to read through the lines. Did did I hear him say that they're already having meetings to unify? Did, did, did I? Did he I, didn't I, want to go down yeah, that. Did path. I? I know. It was, no. it, it, that was but a he, tiptoe but topic. But the, the, the way that he handled those questions, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, he uh, is, he is he? He didn't say negotiations weren't. He said no. He didn't. Talked about but he, the he did not. He did about. not say that. Yeah. 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 You know that. That's kind of what I'm. Yeah. You know. It, I don't know if I heard. If I heard it right. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was that. thinking that while he was talking. He's avoiding that. Saying that he's not having. Little tiptoeing going on there, but that's. I hope it's happening. Honestly, I do too. I really do hope it's happening. To happen right Needs now. To happen. Yeah. Right now, there's about 75 uh, FLW trust fund babies quaking in their boots that they might have to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I got to tell you, you know, I think that writing a book like this, you know, writing an autobiography about your life and your experiences, is freeing to a certain extent. You Was know it what for I mean? You? you did it. Yeah, I, I did it, and I, I felt that way. I can tell you when I wrote my book, I was still a fucking disaster <laughs> from the standpoint of what was going on in my life so it was therapy it was therapy it was so freeing you know i mean it was like the divorce was very fresh uh i was ready to quit the sport and then i win the classic and all this weird stuff was happening and it felt freeing to me and i wonder if i wonder if it did the same to jerry we should have asked him that i imagine it did because he talked about that stuff you know? yeah. he, he went through that stuff yeah. himself yeah yeah it, it's it's freeing to tell the story and to let let everything out and it was amazing to hear jerry talk about the future of the sport and having the same visions 
as a lot of a lot of us, as a lot yeah. of the pro anglers. Well, you know what? It was interesting that you say that. I mean, anglers for 20 years have struggled to make any kind of collective decision to benefit anglers as been a group. Been very tough. It's been it's been so hard. And you know, here's the the head of the biggest organization in bass fishing saying, guys. You know, that's a problem when one of your guys at the top of the sport is working for product. You guys got to get you together. You guys need to organize. You guys need to get together and make some decisions so that mm-hmm. does not happen to you. Yeah. Did that surprise you, Mark? It did. Did that surprise you that yeah. Jerry said the anglers themselves need to organize? Did yeah. that surprise you? A little bit. It did. Yeah, it really did. But, but isn't that refreshing? Because the vision's the same. You know, if you're a fan of any sport, Dave, back me up on this. If you're a fan of any sport... For that sport to get to the next level, doesn't that have to happen? Yeah, to a certain extent. T- think I about mean, UFC. Not, think about what's happening in the UFC right now. Somewhat of a different different model. But here's what I'm Organizing bass fishing in the way that private industry or even public sector is organized would be disastrous for the – it would be disastrous. You guys will all have to try to figure out another way to make money. Because once you organize, then all of a sudden, everyone and their stupid ideas and rules come into play, and you would absolutely constrict and crush the people that are paying you. Right. In a perfect world, yeah, you know, you guys would have set rules on, you know, know, based off your tier, how you're going to make money, not working for free. That's all fine. But before you know it, you guys don't buy contract, don't have to back your own boats in. Bass has to provide you with your hotel rooms. Like, I've I've worked for a union. I know where it actually goes to. Yeah. And they can cripple and kill an industry. But it's the process of meeting in the middle, right? And and finding some common ground. So, like, you know, we're going to be talking about it at length, I'm sure, next week. But I watched a UFC fight last night. Thank you very much. I know you're proud of me. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, Brian filled me in on where the athletes now can't promote sponsors through their apparel or through a banner on the side of the ring. Now it's all Reebok. Well, during you know? the fight and during right. any of the post and pre-fight stuff. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. But the problem is, like, so responsible self-governance is what we're going to ask guys to do. And, and, and in the history of unions, it, when they first were needed, it absolutely was there. But now, not so much with all the labor laws. You don't see it. All you see are onerous restrictions put on organizations that are trying to make money and companies that are trying to make money. Would you consider the professional baseball league, the the baseball group, the football group of athletes, are they unions? They all have a license to print money. Those organizations through through TV sponsorships and TV. You know, but TV they're revenue. unions. But to be you know, but it's a different model, Bry. Like we're talking about organizing something like bass fishing, where the money's just not raining down on the guys that that own these companies. It's not like it is in the NFL. Yeah. Where they, vicious, they legitimately have a license. It's a vicious to cycle, money. They, 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 they don't even pay taxes. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle, though. It's a vicious cycle because the, rainings, the money's not raining down on us because of what we're letting happen. Not only from the organization, but from ourselves. And that's exactly what we talked about. Yeah. How can the absolute best angler in the world, a living right now, today, do a product deal and... Have that logo front and center and have his face and have, you know, how can he do that? He's driving the entire business into the gutter. So it's our responsibility not only to govern ourselves, but to take responsibility for what we're bringing to the sport. I I, got to believe that's true. 
I got to believe that's true. Well, to get there, to the next de- level. there's definitely a responsibility for the anglers. They're they're businesses, you know, and the, you know it, it's tough. That's the the problem we have are you have to be the best angler in the world, and at the same time you've got to be a business mogul, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. you're competing with other anglers that are fighting for the same exact sponsor dollars yeah. and tournament organizations that are fighting for the same exact sponsorship yes. dollars. It's complicated, very complicated. And it's very, very hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. I yeah. mean, as in, so guys, Jerry commented during his interview that, uh, you know, guys are fishing for purses because they, they, they have to. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I was impressed that he's, you know, it's hard. He said that he's hard to take care of everybody. Yeah. But it, because it, he's trying. It's yeah. A, he's trying. He, he, I felt that he said he's trying to take care of these guys. Yeah. Uh, but at, at, at the guys have to take care of themselves. And I think, you know, like you, your comment about money, it's not raining money. If it was raining money, every one of these anglers would have a business agent. Yeah. That would be out there hard negotiating for everybody. Yeah. And we're not raining enough money for that to happen yet. We need to continue this after the break. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton to talk about concerning this subject. This is getting hot and heavy. This is amazing conversation. (laughs) Anytime we start talking, I start start getting like the angry shakes. I know it's good conversation. (laughs) Uh, So, listen, uh, thank you for tuning in. We want you to hold on. We're going to take a little break. Mike, Uh, I'm going to – I've got your teaser. You want to play that – I'd love to. Yeah. You have that queued up? Teaser. Yeah. yeah. How, about, how about we roll that? Okay. At the end of that? Yep. Say goodbye. We're going to take a uh, quick break. Okay. Make sure you take the title off. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're gonna run a little teaser. A lot of you that follow me on social media know we've been filming like madmen, and we've got a new show coming in January. We're going to roll the teaser, and we're going to take a little break right after that. Keep with us. Hang in. When we come back, Mark Jeffries talking about the future of the sport and drinking more beers. Go ahead. Roll the clip, Bri. Roll it. Press one, Bri. (laughs) 